0: i think a lot of people are living a life that they feel that they should live because it's what we're told this is the trajectory that you're on and so when you get into a good firm a good organization and there is a clear path ahead in terms of progression you stay on that nobody walks away from that this money the status but i think now people are questioning that but people are questioning it and not necessarily thinking that they have a way out
1: We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. Hi there, friends. My first book, Values First, how knowing your core beliefs can get you the life and career you want is now out in the world. Thank you so much for your support of the book. With your help, we are a number one Amazon bestseller in the business ethics category and a number one new release for time management in business and business etiquette. I have poured my heart into this book with personal stories and stories from my coaching clients using the values first framework. Between the constant pressure of job performance and demands on your time, it's easy to lose sight of your values, letting them shift out of alignment. Those simple misalignments are keeping you from feeling joyful and fulfilled. Learn how to recenter your life and career around what truly matters to you. Order values first now at your favorite independent bookstore or at Barnes and Noble or Amazon. I want to make sure that you are the first to know about every book activity that we have in store, including virtual and in-person events. Stay up to date by joining our list at thecatchgroup.com slash values first. That's thecatchgroup.com slash values first. Welcome to this week's episode of the, you belong in the C-suite podcast. I'm so excited to welcome our guest, Ryan Spence. Ryan Spence is a life coach, motivational speaker, and author of the triple C method, a former big law lawyer. Ryan now helps lawyers and corporate professionals gain greater clarity, confidence, and courage so that they can live a life lit. Driven by his own experience of corporate life full of as much burnout as success, Ryan's mission now is to motivate and inspire his clients to raise their ambition, push beyond fear, and take action to embrace the unknown and create the life they want. Ryan also hosts his podcast, The Triple C Project, where he shares tools, tips, and strategies to help live that lit life you deserve. I loved my time with Ryan. We talked about his career story and his personal development journey, his new book, The Triple C Method, and how to tap into motivation and build courage through Courage Stacking. Let's get started. I want to welcome you to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan.
0: Thank you, Laura. Really happy to be here. I look forward to getting into it.
1: Yeah, well, I am so excited to share this space with you and to kick us off. Do you mind telling us a little bit more about yourself?
0: Sure. So I used to be a lawyer in big law. Um, so for 11 years, I worked in one of those big glass and steel buildings where deals happen and, you know, but it's nothing like suits, um, although everyone asks me that and started in London, moved to Singapore and about halfway through my career I started to question whether it's where I wanted to be. I just had my first child, I wanted to be home more and that didn't really gel with the always being on culture and always being in the office so I sort of stuck it out. Um, I thought I have to do this, I have to suck it up and I did that Um, and then second child came along and I did it again and It was around 2018 when the final straw kind of broke and I was on holiday. We were going to Bali for Christmas, which is one of my favorite places in the world. And as we were leaving the airport in the cab to go to the villa that we'd booked, the phone rang and it was from a client. And a deal that had died was now going to be revived and they wanted it to close by the end of the year, which meant I was gonna have to work over Christmas. And it wasn't the first time that this had happened on a holiday, but Christmas, villa, Bali, friends, it just wasn't really what I wanted to do. So I spent a lot of time in this villa, either working in the spare room, like on calls, writing documents, thinking about the deal. And I just decided that I didn't want to do this anymore. And on the flight home, I said something has to change. I didn't know what, I didn't know how, but I just knew that I didn't want the life that I was looking at that was ahead of me regardless of the status and the money, which is what attracted me to law in the first place. So that was kind of the starting point for this personal development quest, which I guess we'll get into a little bit more as we progress through this interview.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that story. What a pivotal moment that was for you.
0: I think that anyone who's in that world knows that you have these long hours, there is a lot of pressure, there is a lot of stress. But I think when it comes to the fact that you don't have the downtime to so even figure out what else it is that you do want to do, that it becomes all-encompassing. Then it becomes difficult to kind of walk away because it's everything that you've worked for. It's everything that you have worked towards. Everyone thinks that you're successful. But that moment was just the final straw. It just been too many times. And sometimes it's just that one thing, which in the face of it doesn't look that big, but when you add it up to everything else that's happened, it just makes you think something has to change. So that's what happened. And it was then another few years before I actually escaped, as they say.
1: And so what did that escape plan look like?
0: So probably not what you would think. So that was 2018. I started 2019 thinking I need to pull myself out of this funk. Uh, I need the challenge. I need something to kind of just shock me, um, shock some life into me and so um, I was sat one Friday afternoon in the office and um, I just was googling around and I saw there was a white collar boxing tournament coming up this was in Singapore and all that means is basically you get sort of people who sit and work in offices all day and look at computer screens and you train them to be fighters for a night for charity so I thought yeah that sounds cool I'll give that a go so filled in the form thought nothing of it there was one was invited to the open evening and I remember looking around the bar in Singapore and thinking there's a lot of people here. I'm probably not going to get picked. That's cool. I'm okay with that. Uh, and then a week later, I got an email saying I, I was in the squad. So it was like, "Oh, okay. That's okay though. I'm I'm pretty fit. I can do this, you know." And I went to the first training session. I thought, okay, that's quite tough. And there were three training sessions in the first week. And at the end of the day three, I was just like, "I can't do this. If I'm going to do this, I need to. I need some help because." I thought I was fit and anyone who's fought or done any sort of martial arts knows that it's probably one of the hardest things physically and mentally that you can do. So yeah, it did shock me. (laughs) And so I got myself a trainer and I sort of trained like a fighter for three months. So that was training six days a week, sometimes twice a day, cutting out alcohol, sorting out my diet. And I got into the best physical and mental shape um, probably of my life. Because suddenly I'd gone from somebody who was sort of kind of sitting in their comfort zone and complaining a little bit about the life that I was living to somebody who was effectively training to to fight to get into a ring and fight, and with the discipline and the sort of physical strength and agility that that required, there was no time to really think about any of the other issues going on around me so that connection of physical to mental well-being, that combination is what really changed the trajectory of my life.
1: Wow. What a what a story and what an experience. And how did work change once you were in training? Did that improve? Would it make it even more clear that this was not what you wanted to do? What was that like? It definitely
0: made it more clear. I was fortunate that the large part of the three months of training that I was doing work wasn't crazy busy. So I didn't make the sessions because I didn't want to miss a session and I didn't miss a session for the entire time. But it definitely made me feel that this is what I want to feel. That sense of aliveness, that sense of opportunity, the sense that you're working towards a bigger goal. And I talk about the fact that initially when I first started training, I just wanted to go in and, and not lose and to kind of, you know what I mean, not embarrass myself in front of a thousand plus people on the night. But very quickly, it got to the stage where actually, no, I want to, I want to win. I'm doing this to win. And that's when I got the training and that's when I completely changed everything. And it sounds like a subtle shift, but that shift just really changed how I approached the training but then also how I approach other aspects of my life. Because I realized that I'd been sat in what I call this, this, this period, this life of lethargy for a number of years. And knowing that it wasn't right, but not really doing anything to get myself out of that situation. And so doing this training and, and then going into the ring for that fight suddenly showed me that I can do hard things. I don't need to have all of the answers but I just need to do the work necessary, enjoy and follow the process and things will figure out because just that action, just that process of taking action is going to instigate change. So it's funny. It sounds like it's just a case of you go to the gym and you train for a bit and you do a bit of boxing, but actually it was a whole lot more than that. And it just really, as I said, just changed my entire life.
1: And how did that propel you to then get into coaching and motivational speaking?
0: It was a a slower burn, but I still trained after the fight. And through the fighting, it got me back to my yoga practice, which I had done off and on for years, but the demands of the job, I'd kind of let it slip. And then through my yoga practice, I ended up going on my first yoga retreat, which was another sort of process of discovery. Through the yoga retreat, I then changed my diet, I became vegan. So there was all of these changes happening just from that initial catalyst of boxing. Then I went to London for work um, in December 2019 and I knew that there was potential to be uh, laid off when I got back to Singapore. And if it happened a year prior, I would have been really anxious, but it literally was music to my ears because suddenly I went from a position where I was going to have to potentially go to another law firm. I was already speaking to other firms and do the same thing to a position where I could probably Have some breathing space here, because I probably have some time to really figure out where I want to go. So I met up with an ex colleague of mine. She was training to be a coach. I told her I was at this crossroads. I knew I didn't want to be where I was, I didn't know where I wanted to be. Uh, And she suggested coaching could help. And I'd never considered coaching for me, it was always executive coaching for people who were in senior roles who were trying to get to the next level within the organization they were in. I didn't know it could help. I mean, a a slightly lost at a crossroads sort of mid-level lawyer who who was looking for direction. But actually it did, within two sessions, I was like, this is amazing. And suddenly the limiting beliefs that I had were not quite gone, but they were slowly starting to fade away. And I was slowly starting to sort of see these possibilities open up for me. And I knew I wanted to help people who were in the position that I had been in, who were struggling, who were at that crossroads. And so I initially wanted to do that by teaching yoga. So I did my teacher training, started teaching people in corporate, which led to more conversations with people who are in these situations, which led to more people saying that you should, you should think about coaching and me resisting it because there's, there's already coaches. Why do I need to be a coach as well? But I just took a moment and said, well, if I really want to help people and this is what people are saying that, that they think I should do, then I should really explore this and not make it all about me. And I did and I had some ideas. I spoke to a couple of people. They asked to be coached by me. I coached them. They had great transformations. I really enjoyed it. And so I decided, okay, well, maybe I will be a coach then. Mm-hmm. I'll be a coach and a yoga teacher. And that's kind of what happened. So it wasn't a, okay, I boxed, I've changed my life and now I'm going to be a coach. It was definitely a slower process. But um, yeah, I, 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 every day, I think this is definitely the right decision for me and for the people that I help.
1: I love that you describe it as a slow burn. It's like a slow burn of self-discovery because you just learn so much through all of those experiences that you mentioned and especially listening to other people, knowing you pretty well, telling you, you're going to be good at this.
0: It's funny because when you have, sometimes you have a very fixed idea in your mind of who you are or what you want to do. And I think that's good i think it's good to have a strong foundation and be very sort of sure of the path that you want to go on but i think that it always comes back to what i say is that sort of knowing the what like i knew i wanted to help people like i was but I, the how i i i you I mean the how can be fluid because you don't know what you don't know and i know that when i left and i sort of discovered this whole world of online coaching and online business there was a whole host of things which I didn't know existed, a whole host of things I didn't know that you could do, a whole host of things that people were looking for help with. So if I had just maintained a tunnel vision and not kind of been open to other opportunities and being curious, then I would have missed out on something which brings me a lot of joy and a lot of fulfillment. But I also would have missed out on helping the people that I've helped and working with the clients that I've worked with.
1: I really love the extra context there and And it sets me up for this next question, which is another way you help people is that you just came out with a book. I love that we, um, our books came out at a similar timing. So we've been chatting and talking shop about uh, book things, all things books. So I want to hear more about it and uh, how you came to your methodology that you talk about in the book.
0: Sure, no, th- thank you. And yeah, it was it was great to have um, have your book at the same time, and and also reading your book and realizing we have a lot of similarities in terms of the work that we've done and experiences that we've had. So yeah, I, I read a book. The book is called The Triple C Method: uh, Gain Clarity, Boost Confidence, and Build Courage, so you can live life lit. And it's a book basically based partly on on my life, so part memoir, but mainly it's an actionable book it's it's a way to start to think about how you can do things differently because I think a lot of people are living a life that they feel that they should live because it's what we're told this is the trajectory that you're on and so when you get into a good firm a good organization and there is a clear path ahead in terms of progression you stay on that nobody walks away from that this money the status but I think now people are questioning that But people are questioning it and not necessarily thinking that they have a way out. They're still sort of feeling that, yeah, I have these ideas, but I have to stay where I am. So the book is really for people like that to sort of say, look, you can change your life. You do have a choice. Here's the way that you can go about it. So it's based on these three pillars of clarity, confidence and courage. And that's because when I looked back at the process of what got me from where I was to where I am, through all of the noise and all of the other sort of personal development aspects that you can talk about, these three things were a constant. They kept occurring. And I think sometimes in the world of personal development, it can get quite overwhelming. There's lots of different things to talk about, lots of things to do. I would read lots of books and get really inspired, but then not really follow through because through my own sort of failings or because I just felt it was a little bit difficult to kind of take that first step. So I wanted to write a book that people could get the information in terms of what worked for me, could get inspired by the stories that are in the book, but would then also have steps that they could take to actually take action to start to make that change. So the book also comes with a workbook, which actually has the journal prompts, the questions, the activities, the exercises that you can do that are talked about in the book to kind of help you to move forward. So I'm really proud of of the work that I did with it. Um, I'm really... Happy to have it out in the world, but yeah, it was a as you know as a, as a writer yourself, it was definitely a definitely a process definitely yes. a process
1: but now that it's been out, I'm sure lots of people are asking questions, you know sharing their their thoughts and different things. What has stood out to you now as it's been out for a couple of months?
0: I think one of the things as, as an author is yes. Book sales are are, are good and are important, and everyone always says how many books have you sold, and, and that's cool. But for me, one of the most gratifying things is reading a review, and not reading a review saying, oh, you know I mean, this is a really good book, but reading a review that really says what you wanted your book to say. I mean, because that just means as a writer that you've really, you've really explained yourself well and you've really done your job and that people are getting from your work exactly what you wanted them to get, exactly what you wanted them to take away. So I, mean, I think one of the key things for me is there's a concept in the book called courage stacking, mm-hmm. um, obviously in relation to courage, and I've lost track of the number of either reviews or personal messages that I've received where people have said that that, is a real key thing which they've taken away, which they're pondering, which they are thinking about and trying to implement in their own lives. And that, I mean, like that's what every author wants, right? You you want something that people hang the book on. You don't want people to just read the book and then forget about it. You want something which they will think about, which they will then talk to other people about, and also which they will then use and implement and really sort of feel this made a difference to their life. So that is definitely a takeaway for me.
1: I completely agree. The tangible like anecdotes that you get from people, it's like what sticks with them. So you mentioned in that answer that you just gave, courage stacking. Can we dig a little bit more into that? Like people have been referring to courage stacking as something that resonates for them. Can you tell us a little bit more about the concept and how to put it into practice? Sure.
0: So I guess like a lot of these concepts, it's it's simple when you break it down, but then it's also not that easy to, to sort of implement. So The way I look at it is this, we all have big dreams, we all have big goals, but sometimes they're so big, they're so out there that we can just get so overwhelmed that we stand still and we don't move because we think that they're unrealistic or that we can't achieve them. So what courage stacking is, is the process of taking that and then breaking that goal down. It's looking at the bigger piece of the pie and then it's breaking it into smaller pieces. So what are all the component steps you need to get to that goal? And then it's ranking those separate steps from one to 10. So one being the least terrifying, 10 being that, oh my God, this is absolutely out of this world. I'm never going to do that. And then starting small. So starting with the least terrifying, but what you need to do is when you sit down to do this process, schedule 24, 48 hours to do the very first thing on that list, because you've got to start that ball rolling. And then once you've done that first thing, then schedule the next I say, usually say three to five um, things on the list for another week, because what you want is you want to keep seeing these little bits of action. And all that you're doing is you're stacking one courageous act on top of another. And what that does is that when you look back and review every week or, or each month, you're looking at all this evidence, all this body of work of things that you've done. So the thing that looked absolutely terrifying suddenly looks a little bit more manageable because you've got all of these other things you've done, which were also scary. So that's really what the process is. So, I guess, for just sort of an example, is I'm in the process now where um, I'm really actively working towards putting together and, and, and one day delivering a TED talk. If I had said two, three years ago that I was going to give a TED talk, which I kind of said I would like to, but it was so f- far out of my realm of what I was doing and what I thought I was capable of, that I did nothing about it. I would just occasionally watch a TED Talk and say, oh, I'd like to do that, and then walk away and do something else. But now, I i mean, I, I had a social media, I've been very active on social media for a while, putting out my own thoughts, writing my own captions, and I then had a podcast, I've done podcast interviews, I've written a book, I've done public speak. So all of these things, if I'm looking at TED Talk now, It's. It doesn't look scary. It's. It's still some some sort of fear. There's still some nervousness about it, but I've done all of these other things, which I can look back on and say, well, at one point, putting a post out on Instagram was absolutely terrifying, you know, and now I do that for fun. So I have all of that. So I've just built one act on top of the other. So courage second is a really good way of just sort of taking a step back, taking a breath, and just thinking, okay, that's big. How can I make it smaller? breaking it all down, and then stacking one act on top of the other and building a stack.
1: I love the idea of the self-reflection, especially the ranking and starting with the small one, because even the small one probably has a little bit of angst to it because you haven't done it yet, right? And then as soon as you have done it, you can look back and say, oh my gosh, I actually did not die and I was fine and it was okay. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you hit me down on the head there. I did not die. That is, that is so true because we always look at the worst. And, and this is the thing about, about fear. And when we actually look at fear and the definition of fear, it is basically you feel that you something that could either harm you in some way, seriously harm you in some way, or, or, or could be sort of catastrophic. You could die. And actually, a lot of the things that, that we're, we're sort of scared of doing it not really fear. It's just discomfort. It's uncomfortable to kind of do that thing. So my very first Instagram posts on my business account, having left big law, having not really been someone who was really putting themselves out there, I agonized over it for for weeks. I mean, writing and rewriting and what will people say and what will people think and will people like it and all that kind of stuff. That then was the most terrifying thing for me. I mean, but in the grand scheme of curry stacking from a TED talk, for example, that probably would be at a 1%. And so I did it, but then I had to do it a few times and and do it a few times before it became, okay, I've done that. Now what's the next thing? Showing up on video, again, really terrifying for me. But I then was like, okay, how can I make this happen? I've done all these Instagram captions. So I've got my thoughts out there now. People are used to me talking about my thoughts. Okay, let me set myself a challenge. So 30 days, every day for 30 days, Instagram stories, hold my phone and just talk. Don't worry about it. Just put it out there. And again, it's another stack in that wall. So yeah, it's just looking at what, what can you do now? Don't look at what is way there in the future. What can you do now? And yes, it will be a little bit scary. It should scare you a little bit, but it should be something that's manageable. And I say in the book, what I think, when I break it down and I think, okay, this is a one to you, that might be a five and that's fine. So if that's a five for you, what is a one knowing I mean, break it down to yourself? What is a one for you? It's not for anyone else to tell you that's too small a step because any step that you take towards what it is that you want is going to get you there if you take enough of them over a period of time.
1: I love the incremental to build to big. It feels approachable and something that you can actually accomplish.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You want to be moving forward, not standing
1: still. Yeah, absolutely. So I also wanted to talk to you and, and pick your brain just about motivation. So I am a psychologist by training an organizational psychologist by training. We talk about internal or intrinsic motivation, extrinsic motivation, and sometimes people say I'm only motivated, I am not internally motivated at all or I am just like put me in a competition like you were talking about before and like it's not a competition in myself, it's uh, it's with other people. That's what gets me going. So can you we talk a little bit about motivation and how to stay motivated? So
0: motivation is a funny one because I think that sometimes people wait for motivation to get started. And I know I found in my own life, and I'm sure the people have talked about this as well, is that by waiting for motivation, you don't get started. And actually you have to start to get that motivation. So for me, starting something can be hard, but seeing progress can be the motivation that keeps me going so but so for me it's taking a step back because in order to start something i have to know why i'm starting it because first of all that's going to get me to start and second of all that's going to get me to continue because inevitably when we're starting something when we're doing something new whether it's a new skill a new job a whole new career it's something we haven't done before and there are going to be obstacles. There'll be things that we don't know. There'll be people who don't want us to win. There'll be people who really want us to do well in life but don't think this is the right move for us. All of these obstacles in the way. So you need to have something that's going to keep you moving forward. And that's that's the why, that's why you're doing it. So once you've started it because you're rooted enough in your why, and this goes back to clarity, then that continued movement is going to lead to progress. And when you see progress, when you look back and see, oh, before I couldn't do this and now I'm doing this, came back to curry stacking, for example, then that's going to motivate you to keep moving forward because you, you it's that that familiar saying um, about doing hard things, right? If you've already done one hard thing, then when the next hard thing comes up, you can look back to the, what you did before and be like, okay, that will motivate you to push forward. But if you've never done anything hard before, then it's going to be very hard for you to kind of get that sort of motivation, get that will to overcome the obstacle in front of you.
1: Thank you so much for, for breaking that down. And I really love how the three C's just become very apparent. The, how clarity is just the, it's a starting point to keep you motivated, right? Exactly.
0: Because for me, clarity is the key to everything because clarity is, in the book i do this i break it down into three key questions really so it starts with, with with who you are and and this is why why i loved your book so much because who you are is values You know what i mean yeah. what are the things that that light you up what are the things that drive you what are the things that are important to you because once you know that it becomes a bit easier to then make other decisions then it's what do you want and as adults how often do we get asked what we want you know as kids we do all the time and we're very free with saying what it is but but as adults we feel very kind of enclosed and we say what we think we should say but when you once you know what you want and you're free in saying that then that kind of starts to lift you a but you start to get a little bit a little bit of inspiration then it's why do you want it so going back to what we just discussed because then knowing why you want it is what's going to then help you to keep moving forward And then once you've got those three things in place, then you can move to confidence because for me, confidence is just that belief. So I was stuck by limiting beliefs for so long. I didn't believe I could do anything else. But what confidence does is it allows you to believe that the thing that you want is achievable for you. And it allows you to trust that you can figure out the how on the way. So you know what you want. You don't need to know how yet. You just need to get started and you can figure out the how on the way. And then once you've got that belief, then that's when you go to courage, because then that's the actual the taking the action to actually get after what you want and to make it happen. So that's kind of how the the three C's tie together. But for me, it is a process. And every time you level up, every time you achieve something, you ought, you don't necessarily go back to the beginning, but you do need to keep revisiting because what you wanted two years ago may not be what you want now because you know so much more and you've grown so much and your priorities may have shifted and may have changed. So it's good to keep revisiting and keep doing this work. But for me, just following that, that framework has been key to getting, basically getting things done and, and just changing my life.
1: I love the intentionality around all of it and the the incremental steps that are just so approachable It, it really feels like anybody can do this method
0: and that's what i wanted i think that i mean i'm a personal development geek i mean i can read all the books i can get deep into the weeds into all the all the psychology and all of that stuff i i really love it but i know that for a lot of people and people who i know it's not that they're not interested, it's just it's too hard, they're too busy, they don't have the time. And so it can be a barrier to them getting started. They can sort of feel like, yeah, this all sounds great, but it's not really for me. So I really wanted the book to be simple. It's it's the book's short, it, the, the the chapters are relatively short, it's written how I speak, it's very conversational. So anyone can pick it up and get something from it. The exercises are very simple in the sense that There's a workbook there are questions you answer the question but actually it could take you quite deep you know so it's you can sit there and start thinking and i say in the book yeah you can kind of just just run through it very quickly at surface level but really i want you to kind of go beyond the surface because that's where you start to get the real magic that's when you start to really find what makes you tick what it is that you want and, and what you need to do to kind of move you forward so, yeah, I mean, the book's simple. It's a really easy read. Um, I think I, I just recorded the audiobook, and I think it's, as an audiobook, it's just under three hours. Uh, if you're a faster reader, you can probably read it quicker than that yourself, but it's the, it's, the, it's the work that you do after it that's really going to make the difference.
1: You just mentioned the audiobook, so let's let's talk about it. When is it going to be available?
0: Yeah, so the audiobook actually will be available 26th of July, and I'm very excited about it um, for a couple of reasons, really. I was anti-audiobook for quite some time until about I think 2021 is when I really kind of deeply got into them Uh, just because I like books I like actual physical books Um, but I found that I really loved audiobooks because I could I listened to a lot of podcasts and it was a really good way of just getting through books relatively quickly but also figuring out this book is it's got a lot for me I think can then go away and buy the hard copy of the book and make all my notes and stuff in there so once I wrote this book, I, I knew I wanted to do an audiobook. book. Um, and now that it's done, I'm really, really excited to, for it to get out there, really, for people to actually actually hear me read my own words. Because I always love when the author is the actual the narrator of their book, particularly when they're nonfiction books and they're telling quite personal stories.
1: Yeah, I love that you did this, and it's inspired me to hopefully be able to do the same with my book, so I cannot wait for your audiobook to come out, so I can hear you and have you in my ear telling me how to do this stuff, and hear your stories. I totally agree. It's weird when it's a memoir kind of-ish book, and the author isn't reading it, so I love that you did your own um, recording of your book. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. Yeah, very, very exciting. Well, I just want to thank you so much for, you know, sharing your story and sharing your thought leadership with the audience. And I know that you have a download for us. We want you to get we want everybody to get the book or the audio book, but there's also a download that you have for the audience, a confidence journal. Can you tell me a little bit more about it?
0: Sure. So I talked a bit earlier about limiting beliefs being one of the key things that kept me stuck when I was in law, knowing I wanted to get out and not really knowing how to do that. So confidence is what helps you to dispel those limiting beliefs. Because as I said, it helps you to get belief in yourself in that you can achieve the thing you want to achieve or just make a change in the situation that you're in. And it helps you to trust yourself, to believe that you can just figure things out. So the Confidence Journal, it's uh, six journal prompts um, that I've used to help me in those situations where I'm like, Ugh, I'm not quite sure. I'm not really sure if this is for me to kind of help me just clear out the mind trash and really kind of get in the game and level up my confidence and ask myself these questions. So yeah, that's that's available um, to your audience. You can go to imryanspence.com slash c-suite and um, get that for free. And so, yeah, I really hope that it it just helps you to kind of start to think about what you can do differently because I think we're all capable of so much more than we believe that we are and sometimes it just takes a a bit of work a bit of inner work to kind of realize that
1: thank you so much for making that available for the audience for free and I want everybody to go grab that we're going to put that in the show notes along with a link to your website to the audiobook and to the physical book
0: thank you very much
1: Well, thank you so much for sharing this space with me today. I so love connecting with you and I can't wait for us to connect again soon. I want to thank you so much for listening to the, you belong in the C-suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple podcasts by leaving a review, you're helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.